0: You're listening to episode 159 of the Well Woman podcast. You are tuning into the episode all about herbs and herbalism for your cycle. Today on the show, I am joined by Raven Rose. Raven is a herbalism, ancestral, ancient women's wisdom like genius, literally. Um, I loved recording this episode with Raven. She has no notes and literally just all of this information is just flowing from her beautiful body. Um, Now, the reason why I reached out to Raven to chat with me about herbs and herbalism is because she's got such a beautiful connection with it. You see, Raven's journey began with her own womb healing, followed by studies in herbalism, cambo and ancestral womb wellness. Yes, she's like the go to for this. Her path reconnected her to plant medicine, ancestral divination, mysticism, and intuitive practices. She's a guide and educator for women and cyclical babes who are ready to embrace their cyclical nature. Now, Raven doesn't just talk about herbalism, she has lots of beautiful education and empowering knowledge about womb wellness overall. But in this episode, we really dive into herbs exactly. Now, if you haven't heard, There is a previous episode that I recorded on astrology with Neura Rochelle. And that episode I took so many notes in. Well, this episode comes really, really close. So if you've ever been curious about herbs, where regardless of whether it's a tincture, um, a tea that you're making or an oil that you're making from the herbs, this is the episode for you. We talk about what herbalism is. We talk about moon energy and herbs, how you can introduce herbs to support your menstrual cycle how to best take herbs because there's lots of different options. We also chat about the best herbs for all over cycle health. Then what are the best herbs for supporting heavy, painful periods and challenging periods? And then we chat about what herbs are really good at supporting ovulation and fertility health, along with how we can support our nervous system. And of course, herbs for your luteal phase. Raven also tells us what her favorite herb is at the moment and how you can start your own herb journey for your own cycle health. So if you're anything like me, I'm going with number one, point number one from that three steps at the end of the episode. And I will be sharing on Instagram my journey with that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it with Raven. Get set to take lots of notes have you heard we officially have launched a brand new well women academy yep today's show is sponsored by this new signature membership program the well woman academy would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle understand ovulation master menstruation and live cyclically Well, your menstrual cycle membership is officially here. The Wellwoman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study things like menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving for your cycle, and so much more. It's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day, each month you'll receive access to over 150 live recorded classes and cycle-specific learning modules across a wide range of formats like written, audio, video, and home study. Not to mention every single membership gives back with menstrual cups to menstruators in need. Thanks to our commitment with the COVID project. Join me and hundreds of women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal. As together we awaken our cycle, reconnect our bodies and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.welsom.com forward slash academy. Raven, welcome to the Well Woman Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I also am very, very excited and a bit giddy to talk about this topic today. Um, before we jump into it, tell us what day of your cycle are you on today, and how are you checking in in
1: this moment? I am on day 14, and i uh, I always take my temperature in the morning, and I actually have like uh, a planner that I have uh, like the first few sections of the planner has week by week. And so I put in there how I'm feeling, um, what day I'm on and any any insights that come through. And I also like to connect it to astrology and just looking at where the moon is at in the sky. So um, I kind of used astrology and just how I'm feeling and then also doing my fertility awareness method through checking my temperature in the morning, things like that.
0: Oh, I love that. I love a good diary that kind of accommodates for life and life admin, but also they appreciate your cycle. Um, so that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, I also really love that you tie astrology into your cycle tracking. Um, I don't know if you've heard, there's a beautiful woman called Nura Rochelle and she's an astrologist and that we recorded an episode of a couple episodes of the podcast But we have a whole episode on how to use astrology with the planets and the signs with your cycle and how to kind of track all the different, yeah, like where the planet is at each time of your cycle and how you can tap into that planet's energy based on what phase of your cycle you're in. It's really fantastic. So So a little bit of a plug there for Nura. Um, And we recently, I can't remember, just look up Nura. If you're listening to this, like, I don't know, I want to listen to that episode. Just go to my website and look up Nura, N-U-R-A, and it will come up um but thank you so much for sharing. Now we are talking all about herbs today and you are known as like the moon medicine woman and I love that so much. I'm a little bit jelly that you're called that because I think it's so divine. <laughs> um you. but how did you become this moon medicine woman?
1: Oh gosh. I, and what is moon yeah. medicine? <laughs> yeah. People who are like, so, I don't even know what that is. Moon medicine is um It's really the practice of looking at the different layers of who we are and and the cycles that we are in. And it's connected to the cycles of the moon. It's connected to um, all things that I consider to be moon energy. Um, a, A lot of it came from my work doing ancestral work and ancestral practices and also dream work. And I kind of associated all of those things with the moon and the medicine aspect came in with the integration of cyclical living with ancestry and herbalism. So it kind of all came together and moon also really obviously is tied to the menstrual cycle. So yeah, it's, medicine for the menstrual cycle and medicine based on ancestry and herbs and um, just having that connection and alignment with menstrual cycle. And I really came into it and came into herbalism because I was dealing with really just horribly, horribly painful cycles. And my periods were so bad and so intense. And I decided to try and find my own way and figure it out. And I was getting a lot better through just changing my diet and in incorporating meditation and just really thinking about um, mind-body practices and taking those practices into my daily life and really completely changing my lifestyle. And that helped me so much. And then I got to a point where I wasn't really getting better anymore and I had to find out another path and that's when I kind of pivoted towards herbalism and incorporating herbs. And I grew up with herbs. My grandmothers would always have herbs in their gardens and uh, things like mint tea or ginger tea were such staples in our home. And when I was a kid, I remember getting a cold and my mom trying to get me to drink onion tea and I was like, no, I'm not drinking that. And all of these things. So for me, going to herbalism was very natural, but I had a lot of learning to do because I had to figure out the right herbs to work with. And initially I started just doing the studies on my own. And then I had um, this cup of motherwort tea and motherwort is amazing for supporting the nervous system. And I found it to be really helpful for um, helping to reduce the anxiety that would come because of me knowing that my period was about to start and that causing even more pain. So I made this cup of motherwort tea. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna help me. And I tried to drink it and it was horribly disgusting. <laughs> it is so bitter. And motherwort is not something that you really have as a tea unless you're having like a really small amount in a blend. And at that point, I was like, okay, I think I just need to go to herb school. And that's when I started, um, I went and did a program called Women's Herbalism and Ethnobotany. And then I studied community herbalism. And then I did like a year of field studies, studying, um, like going out and camping and wild, um, collecting wild herbs and making herbal medicines that way. And I also went to the Yucatan and studied womb massage and really got to learn about how humans and how my ancestors work with herbs as well so it was a whole beautiful process and now I have a lot of knowledge of how to work with herbs in the right way and how to actually um, make sure that when I'm prescribing something to someone that it's going to be in a form that it's going to be easy for them to take and easy for them to keep up with.
0: Not just a big old mug of tea. <laughs> Yeah. mother <laughs> Oh, um, Raven, that's such a beautiful journey. Thank you so much for sharing. A part of me is just like when you said, oh, we, you know, go out camping and we like collect all our own herbs. I'm just envis- envisaging you with this amazing herb garden that is just like next level Instagram, Pinterest worthy. So if everyone's thinking this, do you have a garden like that?
1: Not currently. I have had gardens like that though in the past and I'm actually moving soon. So I've been in a place temporarily but once I move again I'm so looking forward to setting up that mm. garden and just I've been dreaming about it I've actually been drawing it out and like Beautiful. thinking about how I'm going to incorporate moon energy and harvesting and all of that so I'm excited for it
0: I love all of this so much I feel like if we lived very close together we'd be really good friends because I think so everyone much. who's listening to this and knows this about me like this is all the things I love but yes. I don't I'm not a herbalist and I don't I've, ne- I've not studied herbalism and I think Um, there's so much that we can learn in general today but niching down in the way that you have is so beautiful particularly for women's health and I love that you said that you had your own experience where you didn't even look forward to getting your menstruation let alone you know embracing it so whenever for everyone who's listening to this how did you incorporate herbs into the menstrual cycle to support your menstrual cycle let's start there and then let's talk about exactly what herbalism is. So how did you start to incorporate this when you were learning about it yourself?
1: Yeah, so actually the first herb I took for my menstrual cycle was an herb called Vitex or Chasteberry. And it was actually uh, my doctor, my, who introduced me to it. And she told me about it and I went online, and I did some research and I was just taking capsules at that point. And it wasn't until I went to herb school that I really started to learn more about how to have really potent herbs and um, how to make your own herbal remedies and things like that. But from that point of taking those capsules, it wasn't really as helpful as I thought it would be. And so I started incorporating herbs in other ways. And one of them was to make herbal smoking blends for pain. And that was super helpful. Um, And then I started to incorporate herbal teas and tinctures. And once I really got into um, into the program and into studying herbalism, I've transitioned to basically Looking at the phase of my cycle that I'm in, what is the problem that I'm dealing with, and um, what's going to be the gent, the most gentle remedy that I can use for whatever, um, whatever imbalance I'm wanting to address. So now I think about do I actually need this herb? And I try to make my herbal blends as simple as possible and starting with things like herbal teas um, and incorporating those things at different phases of the cycle, depending on, again, what the um, th- what the goal is or what it is that you're trying to balance and being able to understand the roots of those imbalances as well. So herbal teas are great for physical um, imbalances and And also for tapping into some of the emotional and spiritual aspects that you may want to address. Tinctures are going to be more based on, tinctures are going to be drops that you can put into water and um, just drink them. And those are usually alcohol-based and herbal tinctures are really great for more physical um, imbalances. And then we have flower essences, which are more energetic remedies, and those are going to be really great for um, the more emotional aspects of healing. And so it depends on again, like what the imbalance is. And I'll pull um, the remedy based on, yeah, do we need something that's going to be really long term? Do we need something that's going to be um, more emotional based? Or do we really want to focus in on balancing hormones? This is really juicy. I'm so like, oh,
0: my God, I have so many questions. (laughs) Um, Because if I think about my, like, my tea experience is that when I first started to learn about herbs, I probably it was around the time that I started ancestral health. So we're going back to like 2014 ish. So what, eight years ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can make a tea. I can pop a bit of ginger. (laughs) in a bit of tea and maybe add some mint leaves or something like that. And that was my whole extent of using herbs apart from cooking, right? And over the years, I've really discovered that there is multiple ways you can use herbs, not just in that way. Like um, even with studying Ayurveda, they use herbs and then they cover them with oil. And then they like, I shouldn't say beat your body because they don't beat your body, but they pad your body with these herbs Mm -hmm to like help drive that herbal essence and nurturing nourishment into the skin and into the muscles as an example. So there's so many different ways we can take herbs. And I think that in the world that we live in, and I don't know what it's like in the States. So if it's changed since I've been there, in, uh, since I was there in 2019, let me know. But I feel that there's always a new thing people can try. So
1: mm-hmm. people
0: are always looking for the new big fancy powders or, you know teas or tinctures or tablets or something that they can try but i feel that ancestrally we have everything we already need we just need to learn how to use it so how would like what's the best way to take herbs or to use herbs would you suggest when you're starting out i know you mentioned how they differ and what they're good for. But if someone's just learning and exploring herbal use, is there one way that would better suit them first before they're like, okay, I'm just going to be flower essencing myself every day?
1: Yeah. So I would suggest first picking one herb to work with and seeing how your body reacts to that. So you could have that herb in tea form and tincture form and the tea and tincture are going to be the forms of herbs that you're going to notice the most difference, tinctures are gonna be the most potent because it's uh, a higher concentration of those um, medicinal constituents of the plant. So just starting out with a, a simple tincture, a simple basically means that there's only one herb and you could do that or you could have something like an herbal infusion. And an herbal infusion is, For example, I love nettle as an herbal infusion and an herbal infusion is different from a tea in that it's a very concentrated version of a tea. Like most of the time, if you have a tea in a tea bag, it's more of like a, um, uh, a beverage for enjoyment rather than a medicinal uh, herb herbal beverage. So to get the real medicinal constituents, you want to use about six, tablespoons of an herb in a quart jar of water. And that's going to um, you put the hot water over it, let it sit overnight, and that's going to give you a really nice intense herbal infusion where you're really going to be able to feel the impact of that plant. So starting with something gentle like nettle or red raspberry leaf or oat straw would be a really great way to start out with introducing herbal infusions. And I would suggest definitely herbal infusions over a normal tea that you would, you know, like a tea bag or something like that, because you want to be able to get enough of that plant in order to see a difference in how you're feeling. So that would be a really great way to start or with the herbal tinctures, just starting out with um, the dosage that's recommended by your herbalist or whatever is going to be on that bottle.
0: Oh, that's a really good way to start. I think it's so easy for us. Okay, I don't condone taking like or drinking lots of smoothies, but it's an example. So bear with me for the analogy. But it's like you're making a smoothie and it's like, oh, yeah, I need a bit of spirulina and I need a little bit of psyllium husk. Oh, don't forget the chia seeds. Oh, I should add some protein powder in. And then, oh, what about this? So it's always these extra things we can add in. And often I've found with tea that it's so much more enjoyable when it's super simple. And so I love the example that you gave with the nettle and you said six tablespoons and you, you mentioned it in a quarter in a quart jar. But I, for us, that's different in Australia. So I'm just going to guess that's about 250 mil, 500 mil but of water. Um, and would you just sit that overnight and then would you drink that the next day once it's at room temperature?
1: Exactly. You let it um, steep overnight and strain it off in the morning. If you wanted to add a little bit of something for flavoring, you could incorporate like some mint or lavender or something like that. But generally you just use that six tablespoons of herbs and then you can add a teaspoon or two of a flavoring herb like mint or lavender and then you strain it off and drink it in the morning. Oh, I love that. And I also really enjoyed how before
0: you mentioned that it's not um, a drink of enjoyment. For example, it's not it's not a drink designed to be pleasure. As in, like, oh, I'm going to sip this because it's so nice and sweet. Herbs are medicine, and not always plant medicine tastes delicious, but it's delicious for your body. So, um, thank you for mentioning that. Really good suggestions how would are you okay if we run through some herbs that are good for different aspects of the menstrual cycle are you cool with that absolutely yeah let's oh do okay great sorry <laughs> if you're listening to this go like pause go and get a pattern and pen because i feel like i'm going to be typing notes ferociously whilst we are talking <laughs> so what are the best herbs for all round cycle health so for me example i don't have cycle signs really um, you know my cycle is very regular and consistent I'm very in tune with my cycle i maybe occasionally get a clot every like four to six months very small but that's maybe maybe once a year um, so for someone who's just looking for all-round cycle health not something specific what herbs are best maybe like the top three to five because i'm sure there's lots <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would say definitely nettle is amazing. It's super high in minerals. And that's something that helps all aspects of our body. So nettle would be number one. Oat straw would be another one. Oat straw is amazing for just nourishing, deeply nourishing the body. It's very moistening and it's it's just a delicious herb. (laughs) It tastes really great as an infusion, and it helps to provide the body with all those basic vitamins and minerals that it needs to do all the processes that it does. And then I would also say red raspberry leaf. And red raspberry leaf has an affinity for the uterus and helps to tone the uterus. So it just helps to support uterine health in general, and also is really high in minerals. So that's something that and all of these herbs, you can take at any uh, phase of your cycle and it will help to deeply nourish your whole body. And of course, when you do that, you're going to be supporting your cycle as well.
0: I'm definitely a juicy learner. I'm like, give me all the information. So that were really <laughs> good points about those three. Um, And I think it's a good number because I'm sure there's like 10 you could give us, but people are just going to go and buy 10 things and not know how to use them properly. So start simple, keep it simple, stupid, is what I I say. (laughs) So that's really good. All right. So let's talk about menstrual challenges, things like heavy periods, painful periods, um, prolonged, long bleeding. You know, we could then lead to like fibroids and stuff, but if we just focus on painful periods what are some herbs that could be really supportive for that and how would you best recommend using those herbs?
1: Yeah. So with painful periods, it's important to start to look at what could be the root of that pain and asking questions like, um, do you have pain? Do you have pain during ovulation as well? Do you only have pain when you're bleeding? Um, what's the length of your cycle? If you you have really short cycles, then um, looking at, you know, if your luteal phase is pretty short, then you want to think about helping to boost progesterone, which actually helps to reduce pain. Um, Or if there's something else happening such as, um, let me think. So you could also look at um, if you're bleeding really heavily, if you have really scanty blood, it just depends on what those root causes are. But generally with pain, we're going to be looking at helping the body to clear toxins, which is going to help with balancing. So um, things that help to support the body, help to support the liver will also help to support the body in clearing toxins. And then anything that helps the body with um, proper digestion and elimination will help with, clearing toxins from the body, which a lot of times is going to contribute to menstrual pain. Um, Those are like some of the big things. And then you can start looking at other things like um, hormonal balance and um, making sure that eliminating those toxins is really important. And also thinking about stress and those things that are going to impact hormonal balance. So you start there and then you can move over to thinking about herbs for actually hormones and things like that. So Thinking about the liver and how to support the liver. I love, I mean, there's so many great herbs. Milk thistle is a really gentle one that anyone can use and it really helps to support liver regeneration, it helps, it's a really protective herb for the liver. Um, You do want to be mindful if you're taking any medications because that can impact how your body is absorbing those medications. But in general, milk thistle is pretty gentle and really just amazing for the liver. And then bitter herbs. And bitter is so important. It's one of those tastes that we don't really have a lot of in our day-to-day lives and can be really, really beneficial for supporting the liver. Um, so, some like one of one herbal bitter is motherwort, which also helps to support the nervous system, and so that would be a really great. Um, no wonder you did the liver. Like And then enough. blue vervain is another one that I absolutely love for the liver and also supports the nervous system and actually helps to support the thyroid as well, which is important for hormonal balance. Um, and then thinking about digestion and supporting digestion, I mean, I love chamomile um, and marshmallow root. They're so soothing and nourishing and a lot of the other things that you'll do for, di- for digestion will be more incorporated into food, but um, calendula is great for um, helping the gut, chamomile and uh, marshmallow root. And then thinking about hormone balancing, that's where you wanna kind of really work with someone who can maybe look at your uh, your fertility chart and see like what's happening hormonally and ch- kind of get an idea of maybe you need a little bit of boost of progesterone, maybe there's excess estrogen. What are the different hormonal factors that are, um, that are going into this pain? And from there, you can choose herbs that are going to focus on hormonal balance. Oh.
0: It's such an f- interesting topic at the moment, how to support hormones and hormone balance, because everyone's hormone structure is so different based on their own mm. lifestyle. But I love this is so in-depth. Thank you for taking the time to go through each of these things. And I love how you started with the education and the information around that. It's not always about just what you can do straight away. Sometimes it's about like, hang on, let's just address oh, where is this come from? from? And like, what does this actually represent? And what else is going on that could be contributing to this? Uh, when I studied ancestral health, one of the biggest takeaways I got from that time was that we're either just toxic or we're deficient. We can be both, but when you're starting the process, just address, do I feel more toxic or do I feel more deficient? And if it's toxins, work at clearing that out, like you suggested, if it's deficiency, work at how you can improve that and bring in more nourishment so i love that you touched on all of those aspects so thank you i hope everyone's getting a lot out of this like i am um, all right what about the next one which i find is a big goal for a lot of people is ovulation and having a healthy ovulation um, we could also talk about like having healthy fertility um, around that but for anyone who's focusing on those aspects of their cycle what are some herbs that really support with healthy ovulation?
1: Yeah, so definitely the herbal infusions that I mentioned earlier, those are gonna give your body a lot of those basic vitamins and minerals, those building blocks that we need for having healthy hormones, having all the resources that the body needs in order to to support that process. And so again, that was nettle, uh, nettle leaf, oat straw and red raspberry leaf. Those are going to be really great allies. And then When thinking about ovulation, it's important to look at the fact that the body will do what it does best and uh, it will, ovulation can be healthy when the body feels like it's safe for ovulation to happen. So thinking about supporting the nervous system is really helpful for healthy ovulation and also um, supporting the nervous system, reducing toxicity and deep, deep nourishment. So those infusions help with the nourishment, Um, reducing toxicity. Those liver herbs can help with reducing toxicity in the body. And of course, pairing that with, pairing those liver herbs with lots of water and nourishing the nervous system. And I love herbs like um, Tulsi basil. I love uh, Shisandra berry. Those two herbs are really great for just helping to support the nervous system, helping to calm the body, helping to help us slow down a little bit also. So I like to have those as teas. And this is where it's fun to get into the different forms of herbs. So I would say when you're focused on um, having healthy ovulation, you can have these herbs as tinctures, but there is the practice of making a nice uh, batch of herbal tea or an herbal infusion where you are slowing down. And that's really important in order to um, allow the body to feel safe and allow the body to, you know be able to utilize these herbs in, a, in the way that you want them to be utilized. So having a nice batch of, maybe have, having that oat straw infusion and adding a tablespoon of Tulsi and adding some schisandra berries to that and making that, you know, your first 14 days, that's what you're drinking. And having that um, as a, just a really nourishing blend for healthy ovulation, supporting the nervous system and overall wellness.
0: I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. This is a self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in less than a week. If you are a woman looking to rediscover your cycle, reconnect with your feminine in a new way, understand your cycle science and what they mean, this is the mini course for you. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, cycle tracking guides, cycle prompts. And the Love Your Cycle 50 page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover the things that you wish you had have been taught about your cycle at school how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's your turn to join thousands of women from all over the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too for less than a fancy vegan burger in under a week. To learn more, head to wellsome.com forward slash shop. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. I really think that there's so many beautiful things that herbs can do, but they all have like their own little superpower. <laughs> I'm definitely learning that here. Um, I know with the nervous system and ovulation, it's one of the core things. Like if your body doesn't feel safe to have a healthy digestion, it sure as hell doesn't feel safe enough to like grow another baby. Um, So safety always comes first. And I love that you pinpointed on the nervous system there. Tulsi in Ayurveda is seen as like, you know, the holy plant. It's seen as like this beautiful plant that you must worship, so to speak. And um, I remember when I was in India, at my karma that, that there was Tulsi plants all over the property because you would always be walking past and being, you know, really embracing the holiness of the Tulsi. And, you'd, you know, you take the leaf and you'd squeeze it between your fingers and you'd smell it. And yeah, it was just everywhere. Tulsi was everywhere. Um, so that was yeah, really great information. Thank you for sharing, particularly about slowing down with the herbal tea and making the tea itself, because I've definitely seen in the conventional world that we live in, everything's about convenience and it's like eating really, really quickly, which is like one of the worst things you can do for your digestive health. (laughs) (laughs) And I think something I'd love for you to expand on a little bit, because I love this so much is the ancestral teachings of if you grow the food yourself, you're putting the energy into the growth and then you're putting the energy into the care of the the, the plant or the garden and then you're picking that and then you're washing it and then you're cutting and you're prepping and there's so like the whole time your salivation is like slowly growing over the day so you're ready to, to consume food but that's a lost art I found you know I love having a small what's well, not small but a veggie garden to help with that for myself but what have you found around that with the women that you work with that have cycle imbalances. Have you seen the link there? Um, what, any suggestions over to you?
1: Yeah, um, definitely. There's definitely, because we get so much when we are working so closely with the earth and we are taking into account that you're developing a relationship with these plants and, That's one of the things that I love about being able to introduce people to different herbal remedies and things like that. And I try to give people a lot of different herbal remedies to choose from. And I ask people to, you know, as you are starting to work with this herb that, say, is for um, helping to support the nervous system, maybe helps your body to be able to balance out stress and things like that, ask the plant to give you some guidance on what. You can do. What are the root things that um, are coming up from within you that could be contributing to those imbalances as well? For example, I was working with ashwagandha for a little while. It was a recommendation from my acupuncturist, and so I started taking it. And I knew it was—I—I I, I knew it was uh, recommended to help balance hormones and to help with stress, and help uh, to help me sleep better. And so as I was taking it, I was just asking and observing what is it that I'm doing that could be contributing to the stress and to this imbalance. And Ashwagandha is amazing. It was really helpful. But then also I had so much insight, just things that would come to me as I'm like making this tea or as I'm going outside for a walk or going out into the sun to just sit in the sun and sip on the tea. And all these insights would come through about how I was pushing myself and the things that I was doing to contribute to those imbalances and where that could be coming from. And that actually tied into thinking about like my family and upbringing and society. And so there's this really beautiful connection that we can develop with plants when we're open to receiving insight and healing, not just in the physical sense, but also in more of like an energetic sense and having that um plant spirit connection also.
0: Mother Nature knows. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she knows. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, and you know, nothing is by chance. You know, even I remember like when I ruptured my shoulder in yoga and tore the sheath off the back of my shoulder blade. Like that didn't happen by chance. Like Mm-mm. there's a deep message that happened for like that led to that. And um, um I think that teaching that you were just sharing is it's so powerful that we're so busy and I put this, people can't see, but I'm putting it in inverted brackets, busy and productive that we don't make the time to really embrace how the energy of things feel. And I feel that that's one of the big missing pieces with menstruation today is that a lot of us don't sit with menstruation. We're like, oh, we must keep going. I've still got to go to my job and I still have to earn money and I still have to look after the kids and, that's all well and good. And we can still do those things, but are we listening to our body at the same time? Um, What are your thoughts on that? Because I'm sure you've seen this with the, with
1: the women that you work with too. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a, it's so important to recognize the importance of the menstrual cycle and, and and our periods in particular. And one of the first things I You know, ask people when we start working together is what was happening in your life when you started your period? What kind of things were you experiencing? Was there anything major happening? And what did you learn about periods? And did you learn to hide it? Did you learn to embrace it? All of those things, because that plays into how we then move forward and take care of ourselves during our periods as well. If we're taught to just hide it and it's not something important, it's not a really important part of who we are in in our lives, then it's going to be easier to just say, oh, this doesn't matter. I'm just going to like keep doing and keep going on with life, even though there's something happening right now within my body that's really powerful. And it's opening me up in so many different ways. And you're really open and kind of raw. And um, it's a time to connect with your body and also to connect with nature and the cosmos. And it's just, it's a beautiful, powerful time. And because we don't get to learn that for most people anyway, that carries into how we take care of ourselves during our periods. And not only that, but of course just societal conditioning and the fact that there's been so many generations of um, diminishing Menstruate diminishing menstruation, diminishing the feminine, and that also plays into it. And I've seen that time and time again. And so, embracing our cycles, just understanding them, and uh, being able to kind of work with plants and incorporate that into how we're connecting with our cycles. And not only working with herbs to balance the cycle, but also to understand our cycles and understand the different energies that we can tap into through incorporating plants at different phases or things like that. Um, It's a really beautiful process and definitely I'm glad you brought that up. Definitely is important to speak to.
0: Mm, And it's a beautiful practice too. Like not just a process, Mm. the practice of doing that is so powerful. Um, Oh, I had so many thoughts whilst you were talking about this topic because it's, I really feel and I'd love to hear your out like your input and outlook on this is that I really feel for us, Raven, in our age bracket, in 50 years' time, the girls who were then menstruating for the very first time, who were being born in say 40 years time from now, that that generation is not going to even have the experiences that we've had, in the sense that of not learning about it, it not being talked about. And I really see in like two to three to four, to definitely by five decades from now. <laughs> You know, all women will be birthing and supporting the growth of girls or boys, you know, who who either way, whatever you identify for those who are menstruating, (laughs) um, that will help rewrite those experiences so that we can tap more into that ancestral nature of the way that we've always lived in tune with our bodies as menstruators that we've lost in this patriarchal world. I'm going off on such a tangent we are, but I think it's so important um what are your thoughts on that like for future generations
1: yeah I totally agree I think um just I think there's a lot that goes into our our cycles tell us a lot about how we are walking in in our lives and how we are um a part of our environment and there's so much information that our body tells us through our cycles and through the experiences of menstruation and all the different phases of our cycles that I think is pulling us back to nature and pulling us back to a more natural way of living. And as we move forward, and as people are really, I've seen, I mean, this growth of people really tapping into their menstrual cycles and focusing on healing that will shift things in such a big way for future generations i think especially for my generation there are so many people that come to me and they want to do their own healing work before starting a family and things like that and want to focus on their menstrual cycles and understand them and they're learning all these things and they're going to be passing that on to all the future generations and that's like the that's it's such a powerful thing to think about that we have this really just immense power to shift the future of hu- humans on this planet through um, just learning about these things and caring and teaching these things and carrying on these teachings to future generations. So yeah, I totally agree. And in, in 40, 50 years time, things can be so different
0: mm. by
1: what we're doing right now. Mm, Yes, I'm very excited for that, and I'm glad
0: that we'll be around to see and witness this evolve, involvement and expansion. So thank you for sharing and speaking to that. Um, Okay, a couple more questions because we are almost out of time, but I'm loving this conversation so much is um, the phase of the cycle that most menstruators find the most challenging is that pre-menstrual post-ovulation luteal phase in autumn and I call this like, you know, the wild woman can come out a little bit, and the wild woman has a lot of beautiful energy too. What herbs are really great at supporting this phase? You may have already mentioned them all, which is great if you have. Um, or are there any additional herbs that you're like, no, this is definitely the kind of one that you want to be using at this time of your cycle?
1: Yeah. So during this time of the cycle, I, I love to turn to herbs that are more focused on. Tapping into all because there's so many different layers that are there's so much that's happening. It's such a dynamic time. One, I love Dreamwork herbs, which is a little bit outside of the realm of um, you know thinking about things like um, premenstrual or uh, late luteal. emotional shifts that could happen. For me, I'm like, okay, my body is trying to tell me something. There's something that wants to be released. There's something that's coming to the surface and I want to understand it more. So I turn a lot to herbs that support dream work and also help to just support my nervous system and being able to um, kind of like ride the waves of what, what's happening in, in this release that's about to come. So I love Tulsi basil for, um, for dream work and for supporting the nervous system during this time. I love mugwort for that dream work aspect and also um, things like yarrow, which is a really nice herb that supports um, energetically. It's it's a nice protective herb, but then also physically, it helps to support the liver and helps to just, I find calm, I find it really helps to calm the body and the mind and the spirit during that time. And a lot of times I will end up doing some kind of uh liver, liver supporting herb during this time as well. Something like blue vervain, like I mentioned before, which is a nervous system supporting herb. And it helps to support the liver, which helps the body to eliminate toxins because a lot of times as you're preparing for menstruation and getting closer to menstruation, the body will, will start to release things. And so Helping to facilitate that release and supporting the body in that release, and having something that helps to buffer things like with the Tulsi basil, a little bit of lavender, chamomile, those herbs that are really just soothing and help to, um, yeah, help to support our nervous system during that time are really, really amazing.
0: I love liver support at this time because your food habits can go a little bit cray-cray, especially if you're not connected with your body. So thank you for sharing those. Um, I find it such an interesting topic, this um, pre-menstrual phase, because a lot of women don't really know how to support themselves and they feel like, oh, there's no support possible. Everything's just out of control. But um, I hope this inspires some people to to learn a little bit more about how herbs can support this particular phase. Um, It got me thinking, you were mentioning before about how we can use herbs to support our menstrual cycle. And I'd love to ask you this. This is a bit of a personal question. And you may may or may not have done this, or you may not have thought of doing this. And either way, it doesn't matter. But I love the ancestral teaching of taking your menstrual blood and giving it back to the earth. And if you would have, and I know you're temporarily moving to a new place that you'll have an amazing herb garden again in is in the past, have you been someone who likes to collect your menstrual blood and give it back to the garden that then nourishes and creates the herbs that you then use to nurture and nourish your body and then vice versa? Is that a process or um, anything you've done before?
1: Yes, absolutely. I love the practice and it's just so beautiful because there's so much nourishment in menstrual blood. It's the blood that would be supporting a possible uh, baby and the growing of a baby in, in someone's womb. So it's really, really powerful. And it's such a beautiful practice to be able to give it back to the earth and to help nourish the earth, which nourishes us. And it's something where I like to, um, I, you know, express gratitude during that time and, um, I reflect on my cycle and the things that I've been able to learn about myself and all the ways that I've grown. And it really is this beautiful ritual practice that happens every month. So I absolutely love it. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention though, is I forgot to bring up different ways of working with herbs in the form of steams or in the form of pestering. Yes. Which I also I feel love. like we need
0: to do a whole another episode because there's so much. Yeah. We could cover. Yeah. Do talk to, do talk to them because I was also going to ask you about how, how I know I've seen some of your Instagram videos about how using herbs to create oils. Now, I, um, I love doing things myself. Like I'm very much DIY with everything in my life. Um, and I really like using, you know, and learning about different Um, oils like from for example apricot kernel and I saw that you make your own oils with herbs too and I'm like how does she do this I want to do this
1: (laughs) so um yeah do speak to do speak to that as well yeah I always have herbal oils in my personal apothecary they're so easy to make and it's just a really nice way to get additional support So if you would normally, you know, oil your body after you bathe or shower, you can have a calendula oil and use that for your skin, which when you absorb things through your skin, it's going to impact your menstrual health as well. So um, I love herbal oils. And then I also will take my herbal oils and use them to make pessaries, which are basically vaginal suppositories with herbs, with powdered herbs in them. So um, you can do them for all kinds of things, whether it's period pain or fibroids or cysts or any of those things, but also you can do them for just feeling more connected to your room space and to your creative center. And you can work with things that help to support your creativity and you can work with them that way. So there's so many different ways to work with them, whether it's for healing or personal growth and connection and self-discovery, but it's just a beautiful way of being able to connect with this part of our body and find like strength and power in it too. And be able to just tap into all the different beautiful ways to work with plants and learn from them. Um, I've worked with pessaries before just to learn more uh, about plants, but also for Um, For example, I just worked with lavender, lavender flowers, and used that to make a pessary with some calendula oil. And I used that before bed and it really helped with sleeping and dreaming and um, just helped me to develop a a stronger connection with that plant. And it's such a gentle way to work with them, um, but also you get those physical benefits as well
0: so juicy oh my god I'm like I want to learn all this stuff I do not have time to study herbalism I just that is not on my agenda but to learn about these things you know for personal use I think is so powerful and you know most people don't know how to make their own pickles or to make their own sauerkraut or to you know, make your own bread at home. And I think that these are all really lost arts. And I'm like, no, we're not losing this. We're keeping this strong. You know, even like me making my own pillowcases for home, you know, I think it's just these lost arts we need to keep, keep with us. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, we are pretty much out of time, but I do have two more questions for you. First question is for someone who's listened to this whole episode, they're like, oh my God, I can't wait to start with herbs. What is the best place to start? Like if they've got a like brand new canvas, like where would you recommend? And well, what would you recommend that they do? Where do you recommend they go to learn more? Um, like don't go out and buy all the things or do go out and buy all the things. Like what would you suggest? Where to start? And maybe a herb to start with too.
1: Yeah, actually I would say there are three things to start with. <laughs> One would be definitely the herbal infusion try either nettle or oat straw. Um, nettle is going to be very, very mineral rich. Um, oat straw is also really high in minerals, but either one of those as an in herbal infusion and have it daily for two weeks and see what happens. Just notice how you feel when you wake up in the morning, notice the first thoughts in your mind, um, notice how you feel You know, if your cycle starts during that time or just notice how you are, um, how you're receiving those herbs and how you're receiving all of the nourishment from those herbs and really that two-week time span can be so eye-opening and you can just experience life in a different way so definitely start there and then also I would suggest looking at maybe incorporating one bitter herb in the form of a tincture and you can have this before you eat um, before you eat a meal and it could be something more gentle like, um, for example, shisandra berry is a really great herb that has all five flavors. And so you can just put a couple drops underneath your tongue, uh, maybe just three or four drops underneath your tongue of a bitter herb like shisandra or blue vervain or even um, something like burdock. And just see how that helps to support your digestion and how you feel um, each day and then you could also try working with a flower essence if you want to start with something that's a little even more gentle and a flower essence is something that I would suggest taking for your whole cycle and seeing how um, how you feel over a a course of you know however long your cycle is and um, focusing maybe on whatever it is that thinking about like what it is that you what comes up in your mind when you first wake up And where are you feeling blocked in your life? And you can kind of choose your flower essence based on that and then see what happens and how you feel as you're taking it throughout the month. I feel like I'm going to do the nettle one. I'm like, I'm going to start at the top.
0: I'm going to buy some nettle. I'm going to do a hubal infusion. infusion, I'm going to do it for two weeks. I'm going to be like, I'm going to report back to Raven and let her know what happened. Um, So thank you so much for sharing those. I also, bonus question, what's your current go-to herb? and why because mm. I'm, I'm like I'm sure you're like I've got all the things <laughs> um, but what's like if you were just to choose in this moment today or this week what's your like current go-to herb that you just it's a never fail for you right now
1: you know I've been using uh butterfly pea flowers every day pretty wow. much I love them yeah I love the name and of that
0: herb butterfly
1: pea. flowers. I know. <laughs> It's so the botanical name is Clitoria Ternata. So that Clitoria, Clitoria. yeah, it's, it's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. It's an amazing herb for, um, for reproductive health. And it's also, it's this beautiful bright blue color. And when you put it in hot water, it turns you turn your hot water blue, so I've been enjoying that with a little bit of lemon, and that's what I have when I first wake up in the morning. And it's also great. It's a wonderful antioxidant. It has. Um, it's helpful for. Uh, it's like a nootropic one of those herbs that's really great for the brain and I really like that connection between the brain and how it acts in the reproductive system and being able to connect those two so that's what I've been working with a lot lately yeah oh I love this I'm like oh I need to go learn about butterfly pea flower this is
0: just nature nothing more to say just nature um raven this has been so amazing and i'm so thankful that you've donated and dedicated your time to be with us to record this episode so thank you so much um how can people find you because i'm sure there's going to be people listening who are like i want to learn more about this chick and where do i find her what is it that she offers so what's the best platform or place that people can connect with you
1: yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Moon Medicines. And I also have a YouTube channel where I've been sharing a lot of things and I'm really excited about YouTube to be um to start sharing more about like how I make my pessaries and things like that. Um, I'm gonna be watching YouTube-
0: those. Yeah. So
1: I'm like, and <laughs> that's the next thing I want to learn in my life. So yeah, this is great. Um so my YouTube is Moon Medicine and then my website, moonmedicine.co. I'm
0: going to include all of those links in the show notes. So thank you so much. Everyone who's listening, if you've got something out of this episode, go and reach out to Raven on one of these platforms. I'm like, oh, my God, I just listened to that podcast and it was so good because it really was good. So thank you. Um, final podcast question. I ask all of our guests this and we're switching gears a lot is I want you to think back, Raven, to your younger menstruating self, that younger version of you who got her period for the first time. What are three things that you wish you had have known then that you now know today?
1: Mm, I love this question. I actually did a um, guided meditation that goes that does this whole journey. Really? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I would definitely... Intuition is like one, two, and three. Honestly, being able to trust your intuition is so so important, and um, I would definitely definitely want to give that advice of trusting yourself, trusting your body, and I I think also just your your cycle is your superpower. And there's so much that you can learn from yourself. And it's a way to guide you in how to walk on the earth and, um, and to enjoy life and have fun and not to take things seriously.
0: Beautiful. I love that your cycle is your superpower. It really is. Um, Raven, I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. We will have to have you back for another episode to talk about more herbalism. Um, But thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom with us. Thank you so
1: much for having me. This was such an amazing conversation.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects in themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too, hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember,
1: body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.